Good afternoon, everyone. We're just about to start. <laughs> All right. Hi, everybody. Thank you for coming to our session here at reInvent about SaaS, Software as a Service, on AWS. I'm Andrew Sullivan, uh, Business Development Lead for SaaS out of San Francisco. I'm Emily Tayak, and I lead our programs for partners who have SaaS uh, businesses built on AWS out of Seattle. And we'll be talking for the next hour about how we enable partners like you to build SaaS on AWS, some best practices, and so on. Um, we won't be taking live Q&A the, during the session. However, we want you to save your questions because at the end of the session, come talk to us after, and you can get these very attractive AWS beanies. We have six, and also many SaaS on AWS stickers. So it wouldn't be a reInvent session without swag, so we've got it. So um, thanks very much. Wrong button. OK. So software as a service, why are we here today? Um, many of you may already be in the software as a service business or um, offering a version of it to your customers today. Uh, you certainly are likely to be using SaaS in one form or another. Uh, we certainly do here at Amazon. Um, so we'll be talking about what the big deal is with SaaS, why SaaS is important to the market of software and information technology and IT, uh, why customers are moving to SaaS, and why we want to help you as APN members also move to SaaS and be successful with AWS um, behind you. Uh, we'll share some best practices, um, both in terms of designing and building software as a service on AWS, as well as scaling it in the market, marketing it and selling it with us uh, to your customers. We'll share experiences and success stories of partners just like you who have built SaaS on AWS, some of whom you may have seen, some of whom you probably haven't. Um, and finally, we have some new program announcements uh, about how APN can help you successfully build SaaS, um, including some announcements that were made this morning by Terry. So what's the big deal with SaaS? We've heard about it for years. Um, it's been offered in the market, certainly even before AWS was around. Uh, why does it matter? First off, it's important to actually have a definition of software as a service. We often get asked by customers and partners, what do we mean by SaaS? Because it could mean multi-tenancy, for example, or it could mean specific features deployed in, a in the AWS cloud or in another cloud. Um, for us, SaaS really is the customer experience and the licensing and delivery model. So Gartner says, it's a licensing and delivery model where software is centrally managed and hosted by a provider and available on a subscription or pay-per-use basis. We, just, we think of it as that and the customer experience of going to the service, automatically provisioning it, and using it without having to deploy any infrastructure. That's why the customers find this attractive and what, how we want to support it. Um, so in the market, I'm, it, you may have seen that SaaS deployment has picked up a lot in the last few years, both in general and specifically on the AWS and public clouds. Um, we've heard from many customers that they go to SaaS first when they're thinking about buying new IT solutions. And in fact, research from IDC shows that public cloud users are either using SaaS today or they're planning to deploy it um, very shortly. In fact, I mean, these are a vast majority of public cloud users are already using SaaS. And the reason, of course, is because of the value we talked about, the ease of use, the quick deployment, et cetera, which we'll go into. Um, 
This also means that the customers that you work with here at AWS are part of an ecosystem who is ready to buy SaaS on AWS. So that's part of why we want, we're building programs to make it easy for you to offer your new SaaS solutions to them. Wrong button. Uh, it's not just traditional IT services. There are some specific areas where SaaS is already the majority. Um, and certainly, you know, if you use services like Salesforce, you know that SaaS is already the leader in many categories. Um, this was last year from Forrester. They said SaaS was becoming the leader in categories like e-commerce and CRM purchasing and others. But we've seen many additional categories particularly in the area of DevOps, for example, where SaaS is really becoming the lead because of the convenience and value that it offers to the end user. And so uh, that's what the customers are asking for. This is not pushing it out to the end user. This is the end user coming and saying, we want to buy as SaaS. And why is that? I think there's, there's a lot of reasons why you might choose to adopt it as an end user, reasons that we use it as an end user at AWS. Um, and but I think four of the most important reasons why customers adopt. Number one is frictionless onboarding or um, easy activation, right? The fact that you can do a self-service, you can go to AWS Marketplace and deploy SaaS in minutes. You don't have to do configuration of a SaaS deployment as opposed to configuring an on-premises server, operating system, et cetera. The fact that you can pay as you go. This is a very important principle here at Amazon, of course that you, don't, you have very low to no initial costs and you only pay for what you use. Now that's not the only business model in SaaS for sure, but it's one of the main reasons that end users tend to go to SaaS is because of that pay-as-you-go capability. Rapid innovation. As you know, AWS is a rapid innovator in new services and we make those available to all of our customers as quickly as we can and we want to help you do the same thing. Rapid innovation is a major reason why customers choose to go with SaaS. They can get new features immediately rather than wait, for example, for half year or one year or more release cycles if they're deploying in a server or if they're deploying in an appliance or even in a virtual machine, which they have to maintain. No need for customers to add any hardware or bandwidth. It simply gets deployed as part of the service. Um, and finally, because you can do all of these things so easily, it makes IT management so much easier. Simplifying IT management, and all you have to do is think about some of our leading SaaS providers and compare them to what was there before. The ease of use that SaaS offerings, whether it's in CRM or whether it's in um, human resources or travel, you name it, is much, much simpler, both for the end user and for the manager. And that's really the main reason why we think customers are going that way. Great, thanks Andrew. Um, and it's no coincidence, based on what Andrew was saying, um, that ISVs, many of you in the room, also increasingly looking to SaaS as the primary or only delivery model for their products. Um, and based on feedback from the ISVs that we're talking to, there are a number of reasons toward, for this shift towards a SaaS first uh, approach. So based on what Andrew was saying, um, of course customer demand is, is playing a, a very big part into this shift. Um, as customers are looking uh, more and more towards SaaS as their primary software consumption model, ISVs are responding to this um, demand. Uh, additionally, software vendors are looking for ways to be more agile and innovative, um, easily control and release updates and focus development and support on one version of a product 
um, helps to facilitate this agility and innovation. Another benefit of focusing um, uh, support and development on one version of a product, saving time and money and improving operational efficiency. So based on, a, on data from an AWS Commission study of 106 ISVs conducted by Forrester Consulting on behalf of AD, uh, AWS, 84% of uh, the uh, interviewed ISVs um, realized cost savings related to application maintenance. Um, along these same lines, SaaS provides a greater ability to control costs uh, and increase margins by leveraging the economies of scale offered by a multi-tenant architecture. Um, and also provides more flexibility in refining pricing strategies. In that same Forrester study that I mentioned um, earlier, 82% of interviewed SaaS ISVs had SaaS gross margins that were greater than or, or the same as their on-premises software. And finally, um, ISVs are moving to SaaS to attract customers in, in new geographies, different size segments, and new verticals. So using it as a way to innovate on their business and reach new and different customers. <clears throat> And AWS has over 10 years of experience supporting millions of customers and thousands of ISVs who use AWS services and products as the foundation for their successful SaaS businesses, uh, enabling ISVs to truly embrace the positive impacts and benefits of SaaS that we just were, were talking about. So first, AWS's rapid pace of innovation um, and the breadth and depth, depth of tools and services available on AWS can facilitate a much faster time to market for products. Uh, additionally, essential to a SaaS product, uh, AWS has the scale uptime and availability to respond to continually evolving workloads. Um, by leaving the operational responsibilities to AWS, ISVs are able to uh, reinvest some of that time into features and product innovations to meet their customer demands. And this combination of AWS service innovations and minimization of operational overhead is essential to enabling the innovation that SA a successful SaaS business requires. Uh, a managing and optimizing costs is essential to SaaS environments, and the elasticity and pay-as-you-go pricing of the AWS environment um, is really well matched to an optimized infrastructure of a multi-tenant load. And very important uh, for, for you guys and for your customers, customers of a SaaS product want to know that their data is secure and private. And at AWS, um, security and data privacy is our highest priority. And so your customers benefit from um, uh, data center and infrastructure security um, that meet the requirements of the most security sensitive organizations. And we have over tens of thousands of partners in the AWS partner network. So both partners like yourselves who are building next generation SaaS businesses on AWS and APN partners who can support product development, business strategy, and growth, like our managed service providers and our competency partners. And finally, SaaS providers often need to reach customers in a broad range of geographies, and AWS is well positioned to support your global um, expansion as that customer demand uh, changes. Thanks, Emily. So, uh, AWS has worked with hundreds of partners already to deploy successful SaaS solutions in the marketplace, or in the market and AWS marketplace, uh, some of whom I see here today. Um, we've worked with partners to deploy uh, SaaS for not just the traditional, let's say, DevOps and IT-focused services, uh, but also some specialized verticals as well. For example, Moldex 3D, who uses SaaS 
to uh, manage their uh, to manage injection molding um, services. And uh, Click, for example, who we'll talk about a little more, uh, who provides uh, SaaS-based um, visualization of financial data and other data that uh, customers might uh, want to view in a, an easy-to-view um, online format. Um, Zaproot, for example, we've worked with to support uh, management of um, discovery of legal documents in the cloud, as well as, um, for example, Trend Micro, who we've worked with to support the um, deep security as a service, uh, Dynatrace, who provide monitoring for SaaS, um, Okta, who provide uh, a uh, identity and access management service to enable uh, user logins into SaaS on AWS, and many, many more. We'll talk about some of the specifics as we go on today. Um, we would love to work with you to enable you to be as successful as these partners. So one specific success story is Sumo Logic, who we worked with um, to enable uh, cloud-based cloud machine, data, machine data analytics to enable enterprises to identify operational issues. Sumo Logic built this service in a cloud-native fashion on AWS because they told us SaaS companies have to be agile. Having AWS allowed us to build our service much faster than if we had to run our own infrastructure stack. We can innovate more rapidly than in less time than our competitors. So we were able to work with Sumo to build a service that really took advantage of some of the innovative solutions that um, we've, some of the innovative services that we provide in AWS. So one of the things we'll share is our, some of the best practices, lessons that we've learned from partners uh, like some of the ones we just showed you uh, to build SaaS on AWS. We'll start with best practices in the area of designing and building a SaaS solution. Um, if you've designed a solution for um, if you've designed solutions for on-premises or solutions for subscriptions, SaaS is a little bit different. There are some things you need to think about in the product management process um, that are slightly more specific to SaaS, and we'll highlight those. We'll go into a little bit more depth and highlight some partners who've been successful doing so. And then Emily will do the same around marketing and selling your SaaS solution with AWS. This is based on our over 10 years of experience working with ISVs supporting uh, AWS. Um, so when you're designing and building a SaaS product, there's a few specific areas that require focus. First, of course, is product definition. It's more, it's, it's more than just taking an existing offering and putting it in the cloud. Sometimes that makes sense, to simply move an existing offering to a cloud service, uh, but it really makes more sense, in our opinion, to define a customer experience that is specific to SaaS. Business planning around pricing and around your pricing strategy and your sales and positioning and choosing the appropriate routes to market to support your SaaS offering. And finally, the architecture that you build to support SaaS is, of course, going to be different, and we have many best practices to share there. So at Amazon, of course, we always start with the customer and work backwards. This is a principle that we use when we do all of our product planning, um, and we really are designing our, we design our solutions around the customer experience that we think is going to be most compelling, and we would encourage you to do the same thing. In fact, our programs are designed to help you do that. To design, for example, a minimum viable product would be your 1.0 launching SaaS that solves a specific customer problem, and then a roadmap to quickly iterate, take advantage of the fact that you can have rapid innovation in SaaS as opposed to slow uh, release cycles. And then, of course, differentiate from uh, existing offerings. When you're designing that customer experience, 
customers have told us, as well as, um, as, well as analysts that we've, looked with, we've worked with, have told us there are some specific areas that are really important to have in your customer experience for SaaS. Number one is agility. We've talked about innovation, but being, being able to deploy innovative features faster um, is one of the main reasons customers choose to adopt SaaS as opposed to an on-premises deployment. Security, as we said, security is our job zero. We'll work, with, we need to, we'll work with you to make it yours too, specifically around build it, taking advantage of the fact that a cloud-based infrastructure can always be kept up to date and reduce the customer risk versus on-premises. But customers choose SaaS largely in, in part for that reason. Customers choose SaaS also to reduce costs, not just improve IT productivity, but also reduce their total cost of ownership. Because total cost of ownership, of course, includes all of the rest of the infrastructure around an on-premises deployment, SaaS can reduce that. And finally, reducing complexity by simplifying the IT experience and simplifying the user experience. And that's exactly what Click did. So Click offers a service called ClickView, um, which provides visual data analytics. They built a version called QuickSense Click, sorry, ClickSense Cloud, a SaaS on AWS, which provides visual data analytics in the cloud. You can see here it's in a browser or on a phone. Um, really nice way to do, um, to do data visualization of specific, whether it's financial data or um, operational data or otherwise, completely accessible from a web browser. And this is built on AWS. They built this for the purpose of simplifying their customer experience. And in fact, that's what they told us. We wanted to make it as simple as possible for customers to get insights into their data. So they deployed Click Cloud as a SaaS model to do that. In fact, they were able to deploy very quickly with us. Another way that we helped them simplify, they were able to get a beta into market in only 18 weeks, building on our Amazon EC2, S3, CloudWatch, and our Route 53. Um, they also worked with one of our premier consulting partners, Slalom, who helped them build this multi-tenant service. Um, this allowed them also to release a, a, a product to market in only six months. So it's, it's very possible to get a service out there quickly and then enhance it with new features and yet design it for simplicity for your customer. It's also very important to think about SaaS as a business model. It's a little bit different from, for example, recurring revenue from a um, recurring renewals from a uh, perpetual plus model. Um, so a different approach to pricing and go-to-market is really key. Um, of course, you want to think about in your cost and pricing models, you know, you might design a usage or subscription-based model, and we will support, we support all of those. We don't just support usage, um, but make sure to consider the infrastructure cost in those prices, uh, potentially differentiate tiers so you can offer additional value to higher-end customers. Think about the addressable market. SaaS is a way to reach new customers going beyond an existing customer base. This may be, for example, taking advantage of our, SaaS, our AWS marketplace to reach an all-new audience that a direct sales force isn't in touch with. It is important when you're thinking about revenue and margins. We've showed you experience from our partners who were able to, in fact, improve margins as they built SaaS. But if you're moving from an offering that is, for example, perpetual renewals, uh, you might have a short-term drop in revenue as a customer moves from perpetual to SaaS, so it's important to plan on that. And finally, it's very important to think about as your sales compensation program to align to consumption-based or subscription-based pricing so that your account teams and your marketing teams are incented to move the customer to this new business model. Um, 
And a great example of that is Trend Micro. Trend built deep security as a service to solve a real problem that customers have workloads in AWS which, are, which need to be protected against malware, uh, intrusions, and uh, malicious applications. And so as they built this, of course, they already offer deep security as a standard offering, but they built this with pay-per-use pricing and made it available on AWS Marketplace. So it's very easy for an AWS customer to consume this exactly the same way that they consume it, um, that they consume the rest of their AWS services. And Trend, what they told us was it was their customer base who really wanted us wanted them to move to the AWS cloud. And in fact, in addition to being able to offer on Marketplace their service and make it very easy to deploy, um, they were able to beat existing security performance by working with AWS. So um, you're able to both simplify and improve your business model and also improve your end user performance. Now, as you're doing product planning, you also have to think about your strategy for the architecture for SaaS. And this is not a detailed architecture talk, um, but we wanted to highlight some of the specific knowledge that our SaaS factory has um, around, uh, around building SaaS. So if you're building a new product, for example, you want to think about, are you starting from scratch? Are you transforming your business to move to, um, a, uh, to, move to a SaaS model? Or are you uh, migrating existing customers to an all-new offering? Or in many cases, you might have an existing offering where customers have a demand to move to SaaS for reasons of agility, speed, um, performance, et cetera. And so you need, you might want to have a migration strategy, and we've worked with many partners and customers as well to migrate existing workloads to SaaS. Um, you might, for example, be supporting a hybrid model. Um, we've worked with a number of partners who have a hybrid model where, for example, you have some workloads and some services on-premises in a server or uh, appliance-style deployment and then run that with cloud in parallel, uh, because in many cases, different needs might be addressed by one or the other. Um, or you might be in a situation where you have SaaS already, and you need to optimize it for better performance and cost effectiveness. And our SaaS factory team has worked with many partners to do that. Um, so the SaaS factory will tell you a little bit more about the programs going forward, but we have a number of reference architectures that really focus on solving these problems. Um, and uh, the, specifically in the area we talked about optimization, for example, we share best practices around migration from existing offerings, billing and metering, both taking advantage of our AWS marketplace, as well as uh, your own billing and metering engines, um, serverless, taking advantage of Lambda, um, identity and access management, which is critical to supporting SaaS, uh, as well as management, providing your um, providing a proper overview so that you can see the performance of, of the service. And we've worked with a number of partners who've really taken advantage of our, uh, frame, our SaaS enablement framework, the, uh, the examples that we share um, for, um, for the SaaS factory. Here, XM is a leading provider of database performance management of a service. They're actually, they're based in Seoul, Korea. Um, they work with many um, financial service customers there. Uh, and they told us that the SaaS enablement framework and con specialized consulting ProServe from AWS helped, us, helped them immensely with preparing their SaaS business. Again, this was deployed for high availability as a service uh, in our Seoul region. 
So these are some examples of how partners have been able to design and build using our capabilities. Now, Emily, tell us about how they can market and sell. Great. Thanks, Andrew. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about just some best practices we've learned from our partners in um, marketing and selling a, a SaaS application. And then we'll, we'll jump into some of our programs um, that Terry announced today, and we'll get into much more detail on those. Um, so once there is a SaaS product generally available to customers, it's time to find the customer and sell the product, sell the service. So um, based on our experience and, and talking to partners, we wanted to share uh, a few of the critical considerations for marketing and selling an, a SaaS application. This is by no means a, a deep dive on or a comprehensive list on, on, on these best, pra best practices, rather a snapshot of some of the more critical ones that we wanted to, we wanted to share with you guys. Um, so the benefits a customer expects through SaaS can create some unique challenges to finding and keeping customers using your product. Uh, for example, frictionless onboarding uh, goes hand in hand with frictionless offboarding, right? If they don't find value in your product or it's not affecting the business outcome that they were expecting, um, uh, uh, then you know they they will churn and and they'll leave from the product. Um, additionally, customers expect you to manage um, the infrastructure layer, you know, underneath the application and the operational aspects of it flawlessly. And with SaaS, it's all about selling value and services rather than selling a product in a single point in time. Um, so we're going to take you. We're going to talk about how these principles uh, apply to three you know parts of the business. Um, identifying uh, uh, the right route to market, so finding your customer, um, business metrics, um, evaluating the health of your business, um, and then customer success, so keeping your customers. So routes to market, if you have an existing software business and are transitioning to SaaS, it doesn't have to be as disruptive as you might think to your routes to market. Um, you can sell through your existing channels, or you can expand your sales channels to reach more and new customers. Um, and, and customers do expect certain things with SaaS that Andrew was mentioning, um, which may fit better with an online direct channel. And there are many ways you can build out your routes to market. One is through our AWS Marketplace, um, which has built an innovative SaaS billing API and SaaS billing service. So I'll talk a little bit about that here. There's much more data and much more information available uh, about this online in other sessions this week as well. Um, but at a high level, um, AWS Marketplace um, for SaaS targets AWS customers specifically, and it simplifies procurement for the customer. So buyers can easily find um, and subscribe to SaaS products all within the marketplace, within AWS Marketplace, and are charged for the product all within their AWS bill. So it consolidates that procurement process for them. And sellers and ISVs can make their product available um, against two different models. So the first is pay-as-you-go um, subscriptions, where buyers can pay um, as, you know, as they go based on consumption of the product, or prepaid subscriptions. Um, or contracts where customers pay in advance for a certain amount of usage, for example, monthly one, two, or three-year um, subscriptions or contracts. And since launching um, last reInvent, uh, over 250 SaaS subscriptions um, or uh, listings either through SaaS subscriptions or, or contracts have been, have been launched on AWS Marketplace um, since last reInvent. 
So one example of a partner who successfully incorporated AWS Marketplace into their go-to-market strategy is Cloud Endura, who have a um, disaster recovery and live migration product. Um, and this product is listed as both a subscription and um, contract listing on AWS Marketplace. And they've got a number of different benefits by listing their product through um, AWS Marketplace. Um, the first is solving um, billing challenges that enabled them to scale. So customers were asking them for monthly billing options, uh, but Cloudendure wasn't previously able to execute against this in a consistent um, way at scale for customers, so they turned to AWS Marketplace to solve this use case and meet their customer needs and enable them to scale more. Um, the second benefit they found was um, faster customer onboarding. So customers wanted were, and were asking for that consolidated billing on the AWS bill. Um, and by consolidating that procurement under AWS versus uh, adding an additional vendor, it can significantly speed up that procurement process you know, at the customer um, as well. And then the third benefit was they found that customers were starting to execute a self-service POC through their SaaS offering on AWS. Um, and then they were able to easily expand use of that product to a production level um, after confirming that the solution met what they were looking for and they were going to be able to achieve the business outcomes they were expecting. And then finally, AWS Marketplace gave, gave Cloud Endure the confidence in a self-service approach and self-service capabilities so that customers could use their solution in a complex environment without assistance directly from them. So that enabled them to reinvest resources they otherwise would have spent towards customer onboarding um, back into their product and back into the features um, and the feature roadmap to, um, that they were building out for their customers. So we'll pivot a little bit to, to SaaS business metrics here. Um, and with the SaaS business, I don't think it's a surprise. <laughs> We're a very data-driven company here at AWS. Um, it's vital to stay on top of the metrics that reflect the health of your business and, and valuable to identify those metrics that are sort of canaries in the coal mine um, to the health of your business and, and help making smart data-driven decisions. Um, there are a number of metrics here and others that are not on here <laughs> that are critical to the health of a SaaS business, and we're just going to focus on a couple um, here today. Um, so first, um, take, we'll take a look at uh, the uh, cost to acquire a customer and the customer lifetime value of a customer or the ability to monetize that customer. So um, the cost to acquire a customer is the cost spent acquiring uh, customers um, divided by the number of, of customers acquired within that given time period. And the customer lifetime value is the prediction of the estimated average gross revenue that a customer will generate. And so you can use the ratio of these two metrics to evaluate whether you're able to make more money from your customers than it costs to acquire them, right? A key metric to the health of your business. And in a healthy and balanced um, SaaS business, the cost to acquire a customer should be significantly smaller than the overall um, customer lifetime value. And monitoring this ratio can help indicate when changes need to be made to a business. So whether um, the ratio is looking good and double down and accelerating uh, against that model, or whether it's time to slow down and tweak some of, some of the pieces of that model. So whether it's time to look to a new lead generation source, uh, you know, among a number of other potential um, tweaks that could be made. And we'll also dive into a little bit on customer churn. Um, and that's directly related to uh, customer lifetime value as well. So 
churn rate, our customer churn rate, is the rate at which customers or subscribers stop using a product within a given time period. And customer success is all about retaining and expanding usage of your existing customers. So, and, and because of that, churn rate is one of the most important metrics to measure this and the day-to-day -day health of a SaaS business. So as I touched on before, I'll say it again, um, with SaaS, it's all about selling a value in a service versus a product in a single point in time. And with SaaS and uh, recurring revenue models, uh, revenue will continue to generate over the customer's lifetime. So if they're happy and continuing to see value, they'll continue to, to stick to the product. Um, uh, and conversely, if the customer isn't seeing the business benefits they're expecting, um, they'll churn and you'll lose out on the investment you made to acquire them. So a couple other you know, key points about churn. So um, it's many times more expensive to acquire a customer than to retain an existing customer. And it's helpful to target or identify a target churn rate, um, and your churn rate might vary depending on who your target customer is, so whether it's a small business or an enterprise customer. And the goal is to get your expansion and cross-sell revenue from existing customers greater than the lost revenue from your churn customers, so that's a, a negative churn. Um, and one other thing here is it's important to get ahead of churn, right? So building a predictive model that helps identify at-risk customers so you can proactively target them and uh, reach out to them and, and try to prevent that, prevent that churn from happening. And then last but not least, um, digging into the root cause of why your customers may not be sticking around. So calling customers, doing exit surveys, things of that nature to help get a better sense of what's driving that churn rate. So um, we'll pivot a little bit to positives. So some, some critical sort of considerations about building a successful you know, customer success um, uh, facet to, to the business. So investing and focusing on customer success is, is critical to avoiding and reducing churn. So we'll talk through just a couple ways, some, some best practices here. So first is focusing on business outcomes your product helps your customer achieve. So customers are buying a product to, um, for a specific reason and to achieve a specific business outcome. So important to make sure this is captured, included in your marketing and selling motions, um, and that the product effectively addresses this and achieves this for the customer. So speed matters, right? Speed matters in a SaaS business. Um, Andrew was mentioning a lot of that, and it's true here as well. So customers expect easy sign-up, onboarding, and, and quick time to value. So getting them to that time to value as quickly as possible uh, is very important. And making sure that customer is only, or feedback is only a click away for your customers, right? So keeping customers engaged by making feedback easy to provide and then listening and being reactive to that feedback. And then investing in a quality customer support team, right? So um, really looking at this customer support element as a revenue opportunity. So engaging customers and looking for cross and upsell and expansion opportunities and building out a quality success team that is devoted to that. So not just getting customers onboarded, quickly time to value, um, but also focusing on identifying and proactively pursuing those cross and, and um, and upsell and expansion opportunities. And then finally, focusing on building brand advocates. So 
best leads come from happy customers, right? So um, focusing on building a robust ecosystem of brand advocates who use and are um, finding value in your product. So one's, um, one partner who has really made customer success one of the foundations of their SaaS business is, um, is Treasure Data's customer data platform. So as you can see here, there's a quote from one of their customers, um, one of their brand advocates, um, who, ha who was obviously very satisfied with their, um, with their product. And Treasure Data has made um, customer success one of the core pieces of their business in a couple of ways. So they have a full customer support and success team um, working with customers day in and day out, 24-7 around the world um, with technical support. They execute regular um, uh, uh, net Promoter Score and Customer Satisfaction surveys. And then they're also focusing on monitoring some of those critical metrics that we were talking about. So churn rate, what, what's the churn rate of their, of their customers? What's their utilization and consumption of their customers? So that can be one of the sort of predictive models of churn and one of the canaries in the coal mine uh, uh, to help you identify and prevent that churn. And then also customer referrals. So they're seeing that a large number of their new customers are referrals from existing customers, so it's an indicator that they're doing a good job bring, building those brand advocates for their product. Great, so we're gonna pivot now and talk to you guys about some of the new programs um, that, we're, that we're launching in 2018. So Terry pre-announced a lot of these earlier today. We're gonna go into um, to more depth here. Um, so we have over 10 years of experience supporting ISVs building their SaaS business on AWS, and we're building on this momentum by investing even more in ISVs, and specifically SaaS, in 2018. So super excited to tell you guys about two new initiatives launching in 2018. So we have the AWS SaaS Factory, uh, which provides more technical resources, best practices, and dev and test funding to help ISVs get to SaaS on AWS with the right architecture quickly and efficiently. And so many of the topics that we covered at a very high level today um, will be covered in much more detail um, in different initiatives available through the SaaS factory that we're building out. And then we're also expanding our go-to-market support um, through our AWS SaaS Accelerate program, um, which includes more funding for lead generation and customer proof of concepts and investments in field alignment and joint selling. So Andrew's gonna talk to you a little bit more about okay. SaaS factory. Yeah, so AWS SaaS Factory, um, some of you may be familiar with this if you've worked with some of our solution architects. Uh, SaaS Factory has been available as uh, kind of an invitation-only program, uh, but we are working now to expand it to a much broader set of ISVs um, in the first half of 2018. That's our pre-announcement today. Um, what we're doing is really extending our experience working with our hundreds of ISVs who've launched SaaS to enable not just technical expertise, but also business expertise, so that you can design business models that are successful, um, you can build pricing and selling strategies that make sense for your customers, um, and also think about things like global expansion, taking advantage of routes to market that didn't exist for your pre-SaaS offerings. So AWS SaaS Factory, we say this is prescriptive supporting guidance, but it's listening to you. We're not just telling you what to do, we're sharing examples of what's really worked well, um, as well as architectures that really make sense um, for, uh, for scalable and cost-effective software as a service on AWS. Um, so SaaS Factory is building on what we've called the SaaS enablement framework, um, kind of a 
NYCHART here uh, showing some of, our, uh, avail some of our web content that's there now. Um, some of you, we have a number of detailed white papers available as well as examples of reference architectures. I shared earlier in the design and build section uh, some of the reference architectures that we have um, around migration, around designing for scale, auto scaling, um, around security, identity and access management, et cetera. Um, we will be introducing as well a webinar series where we can share those examples in more detail um, so that you can take that in and make those available. You can build your SaaS roadmap based on this because uh, we know that every SaaS implementation will be a little bit different, but uh, we want yours to be well-architected. We want it to uh, meet, to pass our well-architected reviews and to uh, be very cost-effective for your customer. And for, we've already been publishing a number of uh, detailed blog posts around uh, recommendations that we might, uh, recommendations that we make around how to design them. Um, I will not be able to cover in great detail, uh, but just a few of the ones uh, that we're, we've recently launched. Um, a quick start around uh, SaaS identity, which I'll touch on in a little bit more detail next. Um, say, guidance around how to calculate tenant costs. This is very important because you need to know your costs in order to price appropriately and manage your margins. Um, particularly if you offer service on a pay-per-use basis, um, or actually, even if you offer service on a subscription basis, you really need to understand the specific amount of infrastructure and related spend that's associated with your um, customers so that you can uh, pass that on appropriately and, and, and build a healthy margin business. Um, we have recommendations around testing SaaS solutions on AWS, including taking advantage of, of some of our advanced testing suites at AWS and serverless. Um, one of them, uh, we've had a number of partners who've been very successful to building on Lambda, for example. Um, and so we have specific recommendations around how to build serverless SaaS applications. And finally, migration, of course, is a top priority. And so we have recommendations there. Um, we just launched in the last few weeks um, Judah Bernstein, who is giving uh, a talk a little bit later um, about uh, re some related topics. Um, just launched a quick start around SaaS identity and isolation with Amazon Cognito. Amazon Cognito is our, our advanced identity and access management solution. Um, we introduced this quick start to make it easy for you to deploy a multi-tenant multi container-based application in a VPC across two availability zones. This takes advantage of Cognito, also Lambda, uh, for on-demand um, analysis, our API gateway, and of course ECS, our elastic container service. Um, so you'll, what you can do with this, you can see all the moving parts associated with onboarding tenants, controlling access to applications, managing user roles. Roles-based access control is very important when you deploy SaaS so that both managing user roles across tenants and within tenants, um, limiting cross-tenant access, and managing the individual environments of your tenants. Um, so this quick start is something we've recently launched. We'll be launching several more of these uh, over the next year. Um, and coming in throughout 2018, uh, we'll be launching additional learning modules uh, as well as boot camps and in-person workshops for qualified partners where we actually work directly with you to uh, build your roadmap and to enable you to uh, put in place a well-architected design for SaaS. Uh, we've worked with uh, many of the partners uh, we, many of the partners we've worked with, like Trend Micro, for example, we helped them design um, a service that was optimized for the deployment, um, for, for deployment with SaaS management. 
Um, and so uh, we have, we'll be also launching boot camps where we can share these uh, architectural best practices in more detail in a setting more like this. Additional quick starts, white papers, blog posts, et cetera, of course, will also be coming throughout 2018. Um, we plan to release, uh, we've, we plan to release those, and so um, it's very important to keep an eye on our SAS factory content uh, throughout the next year. Emily. Thanks. So I'll talk a little bit so this is for, oh, there's my mic. Um, so this is for partners who have uh, validated uh, solutions uh, against our SAS best practices that our, our, our SA team has put together. Um, so we're launching the AWS SAS Accelerate program along with that SAS validation process um, that connects SAS ISVs to resources and tools to support product growth and expansion. Um, so some of those resources and benefits include um, use of AWS branding to demonstrate that solution validation, um, promotional AWS credits um, uh, to support customer proof of concepts uh, and lead generation, um, engagement and alignment with a our APN consulting partners like our MSPs and our, and our competency partners to develop joint solutions, um, and then additional go-to-market support for AWS Marketplace SaaS listings. Um, additionally, we're investing in field alignment for partners in this program um, and joint selling and are putting more ISV um, success managers, so people who are responsible for helping customers and AWS field sellers engage the right partners for the right opportunities, um, and we'll be working closely with the partners in this program as well. So this isn't all we'll be covering on SAS here at reInvent. Uh, we have a number of additional sessions that are more technical in nature, uh, two today, one by Judah Bernstein and one by Todd Golding. Um, please check out um, the uh, multi-tenant health featuring New Relic um, at 4 p.m. today here at MGM, um, and SAS and OpenID Connect around multi-tenant identity and isolation at 5.30 p.m. here on MGM. And if you're still here on Friday, uh, deconstructing SAS. Um, is a deep dive in building multi-tenant applications on AWS. Again, all three of these are more technical, uh, but I would encourage you to, uh, to participate in all these sessions as you build your roadmap for SaaS. Great, so thanks everybody for joining us today. Um, we'll end with just a few key takeaways. Um, so the first, you know, APN, we, we really want to extend our, our technical knowledge and best practices, like Andrew was mentioning, from what we've learned from our partners and through our experience and, 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 and extend that to, to help you guys build and optimize your SaaS businesses on AWS. And then we also want to uh, support um, your expansion through go-to-market activities and alignment with our AWS field sellers. Um, so if you're designing and building or optimizing your SaaS product, we encourage you to check out the AWS SaaS factory. And we also have an interest list as well for all things SaaS that we'll be sending out invites to webinars and, and things of that nature. Um, and then if you're looking to grow your SaaS solution, um, please fill out our interest form for the AWS SaaS Accelerate program uh, to stay up to date as more details and the application process is released on that. Um, so we're excited and honored to play a part in your SAS journey. Um, we hope you check out these programs, and we also hope you stick around and uh, ask us some questions and tell us about your business and get some hats and stickers. <laughs>